the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, 25th day of February, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of Lifeline. It's been a bit of a rough week so far. The numbers are telling quite the story. While just a few dozen Americans are sick, the coronavirus, do boy, really doing a big number on Wall Street. Big numbers, in fact. The Dow Jones Industrial Average shedding 879 points today after losing more than 1,000 earlier in the day. It is the second straight day of major stock indexes losing more or near than 3%. And it's the fourth straight day of declines. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average finishing 27,081. The S&P 500 shed 98 points to close at 3,128. And the Nasdaq down 256 to close at 89.66. A lot of the concern, of course, is the ongoing ripple effect of the impact of the coronavirus. My next guest tonight on the program has often said that some major geopolitical event could possibly come along and upset the apple cart, the 11-plus-year bull run that Wall Street has enjoyed. Is this the upsetting of the proverbial apple cart? Let's find out. Pat Vitucci joins us. Pat has been in the world of money, finance, retirement planning for more than 30 years. He is the principal of Vitucci & Associates with offices across the San Francisco Bay Area, and, of course, has a radio program Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and a reprise broadcast Monday nights at 6 p.m. on Business Radio 1220 KDOW. Pat, welcome. And, uh, boy, I guess a lot of advisors today, if not shaking their heads, are out buying uh, masks or hiding under, their <laughs> hiding under the desk, I suppose. If you can find a mask, there, there, there are shortages everywhere, and of course, um, that's not that's not uh, good news. And again, you have to have the right mask. Uh, those little fl- flimsy ones, I guess, don't don't work all that well, uh, Craig. This is true. Let's talk about what's going on here and the impact we're seeing on Wall Street. Certainly, we knew early on as the impact of this virus began to spread and started closing down major industrial hubs, major cities in China, that it might have a potential potential short-term impact on the supply chain. Is that what Wall Street is concerned about here, or is it the fact we're beginning to see more and more cases outside of China? I mean, the list goes from China, Japan, South Korea, the United States, France, Italy, Iran, and of course, as the number of cases continues to grow, so too is the concern over a potential pandemic. So what exactly, from your viewpoint, have we seen investors responding to over the last couple of days? Yeah, Craig, I think it's solely the uh, coronavirus. You know, China has 77,000 cases. South Korea last week had 51 cases. This week they're reporting 1,146. Italy is, is having more more cases uh, reported. The Iran health minister has uh, the uh, corona, 
uh, virus. Again, U.S. is relatively small numbers, but um, it's it's more the the scaring, and the, and is is it a pandemic? Can we believe the numbers coming out of China? That's the big question. So right now, it, it, from a Wall Street perspective, it looks like a global disease that that's spreading, and of course that would affect economies clearly like China, Japan, Italy, and certainly our our country as well. Even though even though today our our, our markets have not changed dramatically in the last couple couple three days, but if you look at the Dow Jones, the Nasdaq, the S and P. An eight percent decline is nothing. Nothing to sneeze at. No, to be sure. And uh, you know, while we were celebratory in terms of the gains coming off of the conclusion of two thousand and nineteen, uh, not much celebrating here going on in Q one of twenty twenty. To be sure, how does this compare, Pat, in terms of Wall Street's reaction to the SARS virus? of about a little over a decade ago. I think 2002, 2003 um, is when SARS had its greatest impact. Certainly, the connectivity in terms of overseas trade was not as significant as it is today. I don't know that the United States was necessarily anywhere near as reliant on foreign trade with countries like China uh, then as it is today. Um, So comparatively speaking, uh, do we see any patterns between that event of 2002 and what's happening right now? Well, looking back, we certainly see it was a very short period of worry. And yes, the markets came screaming back. And so we're not, you know, the unknown is, is this going to get worse or is it going to get better? Apple seems to think it's getting better. They're reopening this week 29 of its 42 stores in China. So there's some superlative news coming out of China that at least there's some optimism and maybe they think they have this issue under uh, control. Uh, you know, we just don't know. When it comes to health issues and all these flights coming back and forth and people being uh, restricted to, for uh, as many as four, 14 days, we just don't know uh, if it's going to spread or if it's going to it's going to quite uh, quite down. And I guess that's even the concern amongst health officials. They just don't know. They seemed at least initially to have a sense that clamping down and putting people under warranty, uh, quarantine rather, uh, shutting down cities, restricting travel, things of that sort, they were hopeful was going to get a handle on this. But, but clearly, as we've seen from uh, efforts of that sort, for example, with the, the Diamond Princess uh, vessel that currently has been off the, the coast of Japan here from more than two weeks, and the the absolutely out, outstanding way in which the, the, the disease so far has spread on that vessel, even though everybody has been restricted to their rooms, uh, you know, perhaps demonstrative that health officials don't really perhaps fully understand the totality or the, the manner in which this particular disease is spreading. And certainly that brings uncertainty. And and the one thing, if we've learned anything down through the years from your frequent guest uh, visits on this program, and that is that the markets do not like uncertainty. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And look, let, let's look at this from an historical point, point of view. Po- folks will overreact to, to market conditions like we have today. And that's why over the long run, the individual investors has an annual average return of 1.9% when the market has achieved consistently 5.9%. So you can't overreact, you can't panic. Look, the economy is, is still very strong. 
It hasn't changed since last week, but from the top story in the six o'clock news and the nearly two thousand point drop on the on the Dow and all the other major indices, it looks like things are things are crashing. So we've got to we've got to maintain some some calm. And when we get back to a normal kind of market, you know, don't let that 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 panic that that scary issue of the health issue to affect your decisions. So does this fit in the class of scared money, meaning that investors trying to size up the impact of the the uh, disease on supply chains, trade, travel, things of that sort. We know certainly, for example, airlines are being impacted about uh, by this. I, I think that many of the major carriers that service Japan uh, have all seen downticks in their stocks. Why? Because people are traveling less. And, uh, of course, all of that impacts profits, things of that sort. So are these events, which we know ultimately are going to be short-term. Now, whether short-term is two months, four months, we don't know. But in the big picture, in the long-term picture, these are short-term events um, that that have an impact on the way people invest. So essentially, is what we're seeing over the last couple of years, or a couple of days, rather, the scared money coming out of the markets? It really is. And, and we just have to be careful not to get scared. I mean, we're all nervous. We're all anxious. No one likes to see it loss of life, no one likes to see uh, this many cases, uh, but we, but in terms of managing your portfolio, uh, the worst thing to do is overreact and, and jump out of, out of the market. In fact, I, I, I would suggest to your audience, Greg, that emerging markets, emerging markets suddenly look fairly attractive because they've, they've corrected more than any other market. So if you're a long-term player, it's a good opportunity to redeploy perhaps some money, maybe some cash, or maybe some other positions. That uh, when markets over overcorrect, uh, it becomes a buying time. Warren Buffett, I guarantee you, is uh, is uh, sal- salivating over these over these uh, low low numbers compared to where they were a week or two ago. So you've got to you got to think like a Warren Buffett. Think long term, and. Um, you know, this too shall pass, we hope. We hope it's going to be fairly short term, whether it's a month or three months or six months. Hopefully uh, our listeners are in this for longer run than, than three three to six months. Now, of course, that begs the question, if you are uh, contemplating retiring or you already have a date set on the calendar uh, for some time in the next three to six months, you might have a different cause to be concerned. Now, let's talk about that after a timeout. Uh, We're joined today by Pat Vitucci. Pat, of course, uh, in the world of investing, retirement planning for more than 30 years, he's seen up days, down days, bad seasons, good seasons, Um, watched not only us suffer through collectively the challenges of the 2008-2009 Great Recession, but then, of course, riding on the highs of the 11-year-plus Bull run, which would be coming up in an anniversary this uh, this March, may still make it. Who knows? A lot of it's going to depend on just how the scared money reacts over the next few weeks in relationship to the coronavirus. Investors, of course, um, very uh, very spooked by this to to certain degrees. And so, what do you do? How do you respond? Let's talk about that when we come back after a brief timeout. Our conversation with the host of Don't Invest and Forget, Pat Fatucci. We'll take a timeout, come back with more right after this. 
That sound, of course, means it's time for us to step over to the KFAX Traffic Center to get you a look at the Tuesday ride home. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. San Francisco was declaring a health emergency amid the coronavirus outbreak. Three people have been treated in the city, but none live there. Still, Mayor Breed wants resources to be ready. Nearby, of course, we've seen a number of people that have tested positive throughout Northern California as the national cases jump to 57. The CDC now indicating that deadly disease will likely cause a global pandemic. The markets, of course, have been reacting to all of this. The sell-off today continued on Wall Street amid worries of the continuing spread of the coronavirus. Major stock indexes almost across the board lost nearly 3% evenly for the entire day. And as we're learning from Pat Vitucci, a lot of this fits in the category of scared money. But then again, Pat Vitucci, the big concern might be if you've got long-term investment, long-term horizon uh, for retirement, you're, um, you're less concerned. You've got time to uh, kind of weather the storm, regain momentum, um, recapture some of the losses, and and be able to um, survive all of this. What does an individual do if they were looking at retirement three to six months from now? How should their strategy differ? I think you just wait and see uh, where where this whole um, this whole um, health issue. Uh, folds out. I mean, it's a it's a global issue right now, and everybody's concerned about it's going to get a whole lot worse. You know, we we read about about uh, pandemics from many years ago where uh, upwards of a hundred thousand people or more died over these these kinds of things. So we've got to just kind of take take a wait and see approach, and hopefully we're getting some reliable numbers out of some of these countries. That um, where you know obviously uh, China is the biggest place where it started. We we really don't know what those numbers are. It's a communist country. We've got to be careful to be a little jaded in in the numbers that we're that we're getting. And um, I mean the only good news, if there's any silver lining in all this misery, is the Federal Reserve may just end up lowering rates, right? Because if they're concerned about global growth slowing and they want to maintain a strong economy uh, in in our in our country, Reserve would most likely be inclined to to start chipping away a couple more rate uh, uh, declines. So we'll see. There's a lot of moving moving parts, as there always is. But um, that uncertainty, we've got to get some we've got to get some more focus. By the way, right now as we speak, the Dow futures are up 60 points. So you know that could change in a New York minute. But um, Maybe there's a little bit of a um, of a bounce back tomorrow. We'll see. And the irony, of course, is while granted it's been more than two years since we've seen significant down days of this nature, uh, we have seen down days. We've seen down days of two, three, four hundred points, and then miraculously the next day it bounces back and it picks up two hundred. So I, I suppose while it's disquieting for some people to hear, oh my goodness, you know, we saw the major indices uh, shed three points today, it, it could be up by five <laughs> within 48 hours. You never can tell. Yeah, that's right. And and if you're younger and you don't need income, uh, I would highly encourage your uh, listeners, Craig, to to potentially um, evaluate if they can take a little bit more risk, sell some of their bonds or junior mortgages or other fixed income 
positions and consider moving it into the stock market if you've got time on your side. Again, depending upon risk appetite, your money personality, a lot of factors go into that. But if you're a younger person where you have many years away before you're going to start needing monthly withdrawals, this may be a, may be a good buying time. You mentioned bonds. Let's talk about uh, the 10-year Tino. Uh, it's at a record low. Uh, certainly, we've seen uh, the yield curve inversion happen a couple of times. Uh, last time we saw this drop was right around talk of the uh, 2016 Brexit vote. Um, with this at an all-time low, uh, does it suggest that there's not any longer a real safe haven for worried investors to put their money, or has just the approach on that, the strategy on that, changed? No, it's always been an ultra-conservative place, and now even to be ultra-conservative, you're not getting the risk-reward kind of a relationship for for taking very low risk. Look, let's look, let's look at gold. So the last couple of weeks, gold has been going uh, up steadily. It's at 1643. But let's let's look at this. In the grand scheme of things, about three years ago, gold was $1,900 an ounce. So in the last 10 or 12 years, gold has not been a favorable place to be, uh, given its just recent uh, uh, record. But at the last week and a half, or maybe eight or 10 tra- trading days, it, it keeps going up, up, and up. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't look all that terribly... Yeah, we tend to co- want to kind of take a snapshot in time, don't we? My goodness, gold is at 1600 an ounce. Let's go out and buy, you know, 10 bars of it. And we take a snapshot today and we forget that it wasn't that many years ago that, that gold was struggling to break 500, even as much as we talk about the major indices today down uh, practically 3% across the board. And yet nobody has really complained about the fact that um, 11 years ago, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was 6000 and change. And now, you know, granted, we, we've seen a decline in the couple of the last couple of uh, days, but it's it's still at twenty seven thousand. I mean, it's, it's four times what it was just eleven years ago. Yeah, that really puts things in uh, perspective when you look at the history and um, look at all the bumps in the road that we've seen in the last eleven years. Uh, so again, I, I think the, the 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 word of caution is. Don't overreact. Stay calm. Uh, normalcy will return to this crazy, crazy market that we're we're looking at right now. I, I heard it said one time: "Scared money doesn't make money." And so, uh, maybe a good dose of. of peacefulness and tranquility might be in order at the moment. Uh, you've got a couple of uh, seminars coming up, don't you, to, to help investors sort of work through all these things? We're at the North Fremont Hilton, March 3rd and March 5th. It's a dinner at 6.30. We would welcome your listeners to attend. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com or call our toll-free number 1-800-188-PLAN-WISE. That's one triple eight plan wise March 3rd and March 5th, the North Fremont Hilton call for reservations. We're going to have a nice dinner. We're going to go over portfolio design. We'll certainly talk about the talk about the coronavirus and how that uh, might have some implications on not only your portfolio, Craig, but what about the ramifications of your income commensurate with a, with a smaller principal? Therein lies that 
that uh, little little detail that becomes really important if you're retired. Especially so if you're retired, indeed. And again, uh, Pat mentions about his workshops coming up March 3, March 6th at the uh, Newark Hilton, and you can get details online, don'tinvestandforget.com. Uh, go to the events tab at don'tinvestandforget.com or again, toll free at 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Pat Fatucci, thanks so much for the time. I, it's always a challenge. We we seem to invite you on when it's always a bad day. <laughs> we have to bring you back on the program when, you know, everything is going fantastic so we could, you know, break out the champagne together. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to come back on when we're back into breaking records every day. All right. Yeah, it's always a lot more fun, that's for sure. All right, my friend, we appreciate your time. There's Pat Petucci, his program again, Don't Invest and Forget, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m., a reprise broadcast, Mondays at 6 p.m., breaks down all the details, gives you the analysis of the news to- day's top news stories and their impact on your financial life. Check it out on Business Radio 1220, KDOW, our sister station, 530 from KFAX. Let's get you updated on some traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. 535 here on the Tuesday edition of Lifeline. We're going to switch a corner. We've um, turned a corner. We've, we've been kind of talking about the events of the day in relationship to the coronavirus, the continued spread of the disease and its impact on markets and, and what's happened on Wall Street. Uh, now I'd like to kind of shift our, our focus, if we can, to maybe more eternal things. And, and I suppose at one level, as you think about the threat of the coronavirus, some of the panic that's going on out there is related to the unknown. And if you look at the broader picture of life, a lot of us tend to react out of fear because of the unknown. And for millions of people that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that big question about tomorrow and what happens when um, relates largely to, for them, what is an unknown factor. And what a joy it is when you are in a personal relationship with Christ that as you calculate the totality of your life or begin to take a look at the seriousness of the day that it will eventually come to an end. None of us are born with an expiration date, and yet we know that eventually all of us, um, should Christ tarry, will uh, will eventually meet our Maker, will eventually meet our demise. And then what? Let's talk a bit about that sense of, of hope that we enjoy as believers. Pastor Tim Brown joins us in studio, senior pastor at Calvary Chapel of Fremont. And uh, wow, Pastor Brown, these are exciting times in which we live, aren't they? They sure are, Craig. And thank you for having me on the program. Appreciate um, it. You know, I, uh, you've walked in Christ since the, uh, the mid-70s. Early 70s, Early yeah. Early 70s. Yeah. Um, I came along and, and made a commitment to the Lord a little bit later, 1977, but still in that, in that kind of yeah. spot in which we were looking at things like, you know, was Russia going to come in and attack Israel and, and uh, trying to sort of calculate uh, exactly what Ezekiel 38 and 39 meant and things of this sort. And there was a feeling then um, of, of Christ's imminent return. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, fast forward – 40-something years, boy, if it was imminent then, it's even more so imminent, if at the very least by 40 years closer. And while no man knows the day or the hour, um, 
I have to wonder, particularly for the person who is outside of the bonds of Christ, looking at what's going on in the world today, yeah. and we've got political turmoil, we have the unsettledness of what's happening with this coronavirus, all of these things I certainly can see where Scripture talks about a day would come that men's hearts would fail for fear. I don't know that we're entirely there yet, but are these precursors? Are we are we sort of getting on the cusp of a major change? Well, when uh, people would ask Pastor Chuck Smith, you know, when when is the rapture of the church, the second coming of Christ? And he would say, we've never been closer than we are right now. Isn't that true? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. You know, back with uh, Russia invading Israel, the coronavirus today, there's always been something to worry about. There's always been something out in, in the culture, in the news, in the nations uh, that could bring your heart to unrest. And so the uh, crisis du jour is the coronavirus, and not meaning to downplay it, but there, there's always something that can cause a man, a woman's, a boy, or a girl's heart to, uh, to tremble and cause their heart to fear. If it's not uh, the coronavirus, it's the Wall Street crash. Yeah. If it's not that, it's an act of terrorism. Yeah, it's, it's the political situation. It's what is Iran going to do, all of these things. And so um, you can live in that sphere. You can live in that zone. And I, I, I've come to believe over the years of, 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 of pastoring that some people just have drama in their lives. Drama is normal. And when there isn't drama, they create drama. They're like um, the guy in Charlie Brown. Is it Pigpen? Or mm-hmm. uh, Pigpen. just this cloud of dust, you know. Just always follows Always, <laughs> always. And, and, and no matter if you clean up the dust and hose them off, and it seems like the dust cloud settles, the next day, boy, you know, it's, it's all up again. So I think some people, I don't know if they're hardwired, but they certainly are softwired for whatever reason. To, to live in panic, to live to live in worry. And I love what the Lord says, you know, when all of these things happen, <clears throat> lift up your lift head. Lift up your head. Mm-hmm. For your redemption draweth nigh. So are these all precursors? Um, in, in one way, yes. Is it the precursor? Who can, who, who, who can say? We've been reading about the, the locust invasion on the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Bible has a lot to say about locusts. Um, and and I, I think as we look at all of these events, well, and I think Chuck Smith's observation, very accurate, mm-hmm. that, you know, well, we're closer today right. we've <laughs> than we've ever yeah. been. Um, that sense, perhaps, of putting this in bigger perspective, that if it causes us to pause, to take account of our lives, mm-hmm. and and for some to take account of their lives in relationship to if the coronavirus strikes tomorrow mm-hmm. and I lose my life, what's my eternity right, exactly. going to look like? Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe the broader and most important message that we as believers should be communicating is the hope that we have and the faith and confidence, as Paul says, absent yeah. from the body to be present with the Lord. Yeah. Are you concerned about it? Of course you're concerned about it. Are you going to worry your head off? Yeah. No, because at the end of the day, we know in whom we've believed. Right. And there, and there are so many existential threats that are nearer than the coronavirus. Uh, besides myself, uh, there's three other guys that are elders in the church, and two of them in the last uh, couple of years, one just recently, have been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the fella, the most recently, he just showed up two weeks ago at church bald, you know, because of the chemo and the radiation. And we we do a thing at the church where we have an elder of the day where they all rotate and they minister to the church on Sunday mornings. And uh, uh, both of them have been up into the church. They've t- in front of the church. They've talked about it. And these men, uh, their faith and their joy in Christ and their perspective in terms of the eternity of Christ and the rock that they're built on versus the uh, the temporarity of uh, cancer and, and the shifting sand that that might represent. It's been a tremendous encouragement to the church. I tell people that come into my office, when I was young in the ministry, I, I, I would know why you were going through a trial. I would know why this was happening to you, that was happening to you. But the older I get, the less I know. And I'll have people come and just tell me their their horror stories. And I'll say, I have no idea why that's happening to you, and I'm so sorry that it's happening to you. And I don't know why it happened to you, but I know exactly how you're supposed to go through it. You're supposed to go through it as a man of faith, as a woman of faith, looking to Jesus Christ. Though he slay me, yet will I trust mm-hmm. him. Yes. And I'm not going to doubt in the dark what I've heard in the light. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And so not only do we have a great theology, we have a great Jesus that makes that theology come to life because you can see that incarnated. You can see that fleshed out in the lives of men and women in the church. And we really need to see this, don't we, Pastor Brown, from the perspective of of not just the day-to-day minutia, but the big picture. And in this case, the big picture is how does all of this count, if at all, Toward eternity. Yeah. Am I worried about, you know, gee, I lost my job. How can I pay the mortgage? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a short-term problem. Um, maybe perhaps how I react to that problem, as you suggest, mm-hmm. is more important than the problem in and of itself. Sure it because it in the be. big picture of eternity, this is going to be a flash in the pan, if even that. Yeah. Well, there's so many things I can't control. The cancer that might uh, that happen to me. Uh, any kind of disease that might come to me. The bus that runs you over. The bus that runs me over, the husband, the wife that leaves me. There's so many things I can't control, but here's what I can control. I can be a Christian man, I can be a Christian woman, and I can go through this looking looking to Christ because no matter what, listen, Jesus is still God. He still died for me. I'm not going to go to hell when I die. And so praise the Lord. All of these eternal truths are still solidly in place. And I have a foundation on which I can build my life and stand upon. Is this important, too, not only for in the way in which you react to these circumstances, not just for your own uh, sense of survivability, but, but also in terms of the impact that your life has and how you handle these circumstances to people around you that are looking to you? I, I think there are some who would say to themselves, I really want to fall apart. For the sake of my wife and my kids and uh, the church and the watching world, I'm not going to. Um, I think that would be a hard dance to keep up for a long time because it's not a genuine response. It's a manufactured response mm-hmm. <clears throat> where the genuine response excuse me, <clears throat> is truly um, I'm looking to Christ in this. And I just don't want to appear to be looking to Christ. I'm falling apart on the out- inside, but on the outside, I'll play it cool. Um, that's that's theater, and, and though I appreciate that, and I, I think I, I think a man or a woman of faith can walk in that, knowing their responsibility to do that, 
after a while, I think that would uh, wear thin. So less important to try to sort of uh, you know tough it out as it is to demonstrably lean on him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There has to be a time where the rubber meets the road and where Christ is Lord. And it's things like these, coronavirus, cancer, uh, divorce, debt, disease, all of these things, death, that reveal the foundation in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched my mother go through her cancer diagnosis and a six to eight month long um, uh, estimate by the doctor mm-hmm. of what the survival period would be, and uh, she she fooled them all by by almost fourteen years. Oh, I've heard that story often. And uh, and in the process, um, you know, amazingly um, uh, demonstrated phenomenal grace on how to live mm-hmm. and how to survive through the disease, mm-hmm. and um, and really for me showed. Um, the degree to which she was really reliant upon the Lord. And there were so many, I don't know, answers to so many mm-hmm. questions, including the doctors. I don't yeah, know. Sure. Will this will this round of chemotherapy work or will it not? We don't know. Uh, but the reliance and the ability to say, you know, even though I'm weak, he is strong. And in my weakness, uh, he, he can shine. Yeah. And so that willingness, that ability to surrender to him, uh, even in those moments when you're fearful and concerned and worried and don't know how, what the answers are mm-hmm. and no one around you seems to know either, mm-hmm. that really is where one's faith can really pull you through. Yeah, yeah. This man cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard him and lifted him up from the miry clay and set his feet upon a rock. You know, the Psalms are full of uh, of David and the sons of Korah and others who have been hit with their uh, their own version of coronavirus, if you would. Mm-hmm. And they've just thrown themselves upon the Lord, and the Lord has sustained them. Though he slay me, yet shall I serve him. Pastor Tim Brown is with us in studio today, senior pastor at Calvary Chapel in Fremont. He has a program, by the way, here on KFAX called Building Your House. It's heard every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and you can get more information about the ministry online at calvaryfremont.org. That's calvaryfremont.org. And before the conclusion of our conversation together, we'll have Pastor share with us a bit about the, the local ministry of Calvary Chapel. And if you're new to the Bay Area, looking for a new church home, we'll get you more details. Let's take a quick time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation with Pastor Tim Brown from Calvary Chapel, Fremont. Right now, though, let's have a quick conversation about traffic and your ride home this Tuesday afternoon.